Colter Nuanas from ESPN Montana here at the M Store. Proud to present our Nuanas Now podcast each and every day, available on all of your various podcast hosting platforms. One of their awesome partners, a guy that really is uh, helping spread the word about the M Store, is Grizz All American Junior Bergen. What's up, man? Thanks for coming in. Yes, thank you for having me. First of all, you got a cool t shirt. What's it like being on a t shirt? You're a kid from Billings, Montana, so that, yeah. might, that must be kind of surreal knowing there's a t shirt of you at the M Store. Yeah, it's pretty cool. Um, I went to a couple basketball games back home. And uh, I saw some kids running around with I their love shirt it. on. And it was really surreal. It was a cool moment, cool experience for sure. Uh, that's so cool. You guys do such a good job of embracing how much the community loves you. But when people are looking up to you like they do, I mean, they think, I mean, you're the man right now for <laughs> <laughs> the University of Montana. What's yeah. that like being a Montana kid? Um, it's different for sure. Um, you know, growing up, you kind of look up to guys like who are in the NFL totally. and stuff like that. But, um, you know, it's just great to have a, a positive influence on these kids' lives. Um, you know, I just wanted to make sure. Uh, I set the example and lead by example and give them someone to look up to. Go check out the M Store. They're located there at the corner of Higgins and Broadway here in the city of Missoula. And you can also visit anytime online, MontanaMStore.com. They have all the latest and greatest, a whole bunch of original Grizz gear. And of course, they have Junior Bergen t-shirts. Junior Bergen, proud partner with the M Store, as well as us here at uh, ESPN Montana. Thanks for swinging by, man. Yes, sir. Thank you for having me. The M Store, where they're all Grizz all the time. Welcome to FCS Speculators, a betting podcast. I don't know if this is podcast one or podcast two of this week, but it's half of the podcasts this week. This one going to cover all of the first round games of the FCS playoffs. Ryan Tutel here, Colton Nuanez, as always, sitting across from me, and our esteemed producer, David Graff, as well. Thanks for being with us uh, this week. If uh, if you haven't listened to the other one yet, listen to that as well. That covers in depth the eight seeded teams who have a bye this week. But here, we're going to get into the games that are actually coming up this week and this Saturday across the nation in the FCS playoffs. So, David, uh, set this thing up for us. We got a whole bunch of guests for this podcast as well, covering a bunch of teams and a bu- uh, you know uh, many of the games here. But Coulter and I are going to go through each one of these individually as well. So tell the people a little bit here what they can expect. And also, yes, we will review last week and the season in general. So we're going to have a guest on pretty much every single one of these games, somebody who covers one or both of these teams. We start off with Mike Gegenheimer, who was on the pod last week and gave us the winner of Nichols plus eight and a half. And then we have Tom Miller on North Dakota. The winner of that game is going to face North Dakota State. But first, we're going to see how Ryan and Coulter did last week. It was, uh, you know, it was pretty good, actually. Nice to finish the regular season on a high note, huh, Coulter? I mean, I've just been whooping you all oh, from start to finish, oh, right? Brother. And, I don't think you've had a win, a winning week against me yet. We we will find out who had the better record on the season. Great. So that, that'll be interesting. I'm, I'm waiting with anticipation to find out if I'm going to bash you or if I'm going to defend myself and then bash you. Okay, here we go. First we got last week, Cal Poly won 28-21 as three-and-a-half-point favorites in Greeley, Colorado. It was the uh, winner and loser leave town matchup, I guess, because Tim Walsh retired and <laughs> Ernest Collins got the got the hook. It was the uh, it was the the lat the swan song for both head coaches in that game. But Cal Poly getting the dub, sending exactly. Walsh out on a high note and covering. 
Yes, and Coulter was on the minus three and a half. Ryan said take the three and a half points at home for Northern Colorado. Great call by me. Ernest Collins just went home. Didn't very uh, very good. Uh, the Sunset Bowl in the books. What's the next pick from last week there, uh, David? Then we got North Dakota uh, versus Southern Utah. Minus 12 was North Dakota. You guys were both on the minus 12. They won 36-18. Then the next game, uh, quite the swan song for our beloved Mason Petrino as well. He uh, went off. Idaho won 60-53 in Flagstaff. Like Coulter always says, weird stuff happens in Flagstaff. Like Mason Petrino doubling his season total in touchdowns passes in one game. Pretty weird. Exactly like that. Idaho (laughs) was plus three. Case Cook is getting tackled on the zero-yard line on fourth and goal. What an unceremonious ending to a largely excellent individual and disappointing so bad otherwise like how did that guy only go to playoffs once man help the guy out i mean he played a decade of college football and threw for 50 million yards i mean he he seriously threw 120 touchdowns i think it was 25 million (laughs) um in any case uh what was the line it was like here's what's hilarious it was like 64 61 or whatever and it was a three-point line i mean it was right on it right it was 60 53 was the final idaho was a three-point underdog Ryan was on Idaho. Coulter was on Northern Arizona. I saw it, baby. I looked in the crystal glass, and Mason Petrino was slanging. Give me that. All right, very good. Next one. One second here. We got. I gotta just. We gotta just actually give the stats, not hyperbolous, because they are incredibly impressive. It's the last time we're probably gonna ever talk about Case Cook is twelve thousand and eighty-two passing yards. Jeez, one hundred and five touchdown passes. Truly amazing. He threw 105 touchdowns and 21 picks. Colton, you and I have spent some time with Case Cookus uh, a couple of different occasions in person, both in a you know in a normal press player setting and also in a little more you know I don't know lunchtime sitting around talking away. But he's he's a very nice kid and like obviously an adult at this point in his life and th- and the most he is the most prototypical quarterback that the Big Sky Conference has. It's not close, and uh, I don't know that that does anything for him going forward especially when when you talk about prototype uh, from a quarterback standpoint it's shifting significantly uh, thanks to the uh, the advent of people like Lamar Jackson but he he can throw the dang football uh, and and throw it well and he's had some great receivers to work with as well so that's obviously part of it but uh, uh, an, an excellent career tip of the cap to uh, Case Cookus. Always enjoyed myself some Case Cook as he was always great, and uh, we'll be, I'll be fascinated to see what his future will yeah. hold because yeah. he could be a, a camp arm or he could be a backup guy in the league. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah, he, he's that, that's right. He could. He's going to look, look have a look somewhere. To him on the Arizona Cardinals practice squad. Great. Right, moving on, Portland State plus fourteen at Eastern Washington. Coulter and Ryan were both on that fourteen points. Lock of the week. And Eastern Washington won fifty three forty six. So they covered another high-scoring affair to end the season for two teams that, you know, were there. Those two games combined went over 200 points in two games. It's insane. Okay. If you can do math. Yeah, quick math on the fly. Then Weber State was a 20-and-a-half-point favorite uh, against Idaho State. And they won thirty-eight to ten. Ryan was on Idaho State. I don't know why. 
Because of the Weber State injuries, that's why. There's no reason to ever bet on Idaho State. Like (laughs) at this point, man, like they just packed it in. Dude, their quarterback literally threw pick sixes for fun. I think he. I think he w- thought they went for touchdowns for his own I, team. I've, ne- I've never seen it. he actually gave he actually threw six pick sixes. It's uh, six. I mean, the only person in history with he was more Matt Schaub reincarnate. It's got to be Jake Cutler. All right, um, great. Uh, then Coulter was on Weaver State minus twenty and a half. Winner for Coulter. Hey. Then you guys were both on Sac State minus nine and a half. They scored a garbage time TD. Well, I guess it wasn't garbage time, but it was like ice the clock time to cover that nine and a half point spread. They won 27-17. Beautiful. Then you guys were both on Montana. It Did, did the Grizz win? I think they, uh, you know, they might have won the postgame celebration of being the saltiest. I don't think I actually made a pick, so I, this should not count as a loss for me because I did not I make a pick. I know that Coulter was on Montana minus a million <laughs> off the record, but now it's on the record. So, All right, next. I will say this. I've never been so happy to be wrong. Indeed. All right. The, then Ryan picked the, game, the, F, the national FCS games. Nichols was an eight and a half point underdog. They closed at plus six. Nichols won outright and won their way into the playoffs. Yeah. Then North Dakota State was minus twenty and a half. Uh, they won twenty one to seven. Nothing really notable. Just another win for North Dakota State. Then Wofford was minus six and a half. Ryan was on that, and they won thirty one to eleven. The Terriers. Excellent. All right. Um, thank you, David. Oh, do we have our FBS picks over there too? No, we have your final records on the season. Okay. This is interesting. Do you guys want to guess? Uh, what's the Me, total number of games? Ryan, that's all. For the big sky, there were 50 games picked against the spread. Okay. You want to guess your record, Ryan? Uh, 22 and 28. That would be a losing record. Yeah, that's right. That's, that's what I think. Sad. You don't even believe in well, I've been here. I know what the results are. What about Coulter? 23 and 27. No, I'd say 28 and 22. Coulter, very close. He went 27 and 23. Nice. And our, our boy Russ Tutel over there went 25 and 25. Boom! Dang. Two-game loser. But then, surprisingly, you guys did really well against the FCS nationally. Ryan went 18 and 12. Yeah, sharp level. And Coulter went 12 and 8. Mm. Yeah, because you didn't pick as many as I did. Mm-hmm. Okay. You don't have FBS totals? We slayed the FBS. I, I, I didn't add up the FBS because it was, it was disappointing. Thank you, David. Uh, that was fun. Good to go through it, and we will keep track. We will keep track of all the postseason games, correct? Uh, and uh, and give that in the in That's the correct. season in the series finale That's of the correct. podcast when this is all said and done. That's okay, correct. very good. Uh, what now? Are we going to the phones? Yeah, we're going to the phones. We're going to talk to Mike Gegenheimer, who covers Nichols, and then we're going to talk to Tom Miller. It's Tom, right, Coulter? Tom, T O M, Tom. All right, Tom Miller, who covers no. <laughs> Tom Miller, who covers North Dakota, they're both going to talk talk about this game and maybe give a pick against the spread, which is a pick 'em. 
Mike Gegenheimer. I cover nickels for uh, the Home Affiliate and the Thibodeau Daily Comet. Um, so, uh, you know, just uh, just out here watching the Colonels play some football. Yeah, the thing is, Nichols kind of has had a real up-and-down season. So they started out with these super high expectations, didn't quite live up to them, then got really hurt in the middle of the year, had a, a bit of a dry spell. But uh, the last couple of weeks, they've really been playing their best football. They, they have just uh, been clicking on offense against McNeese, and then uh, obviously what happened in the big game on, Saturday, uh, on last Thursday against uh, southeastern Louisiana, they're just playing well, which is really, I mean, anyone who knows sports, anyone who knows football, knows that teams that get hot at the right time are oftentimes the one that, that can make these runs. So um, you really got to like what you're seeing out of this Nichols team right now. They seem to be healthy, and they, they're just playing well. Man, it's such a tough game to, uh, to pick because I, I really don't know how good this North Dakota team is. If you look at them on paper, they're not super high ranked. They don't have any stats where they're like, you know, a top five team in rush defense. They're not a top five passing offense. They're kind of in the middle there on everything. But if you look at the schedule, they have uh, some really good wins. They beat South, uh, Sam Houston State earlier this year. That had shut Nichols out 17 to nothing uh, during their regular season meeting. That's their only uh, mutual opponent there. And, but they, they have wins against, uh, you know, a few other teams that are that are pretty good. And they have uh, even their losses are, are to, you know, North Dakota State, teams like that. So they uh, this North Dakota team seems really well tested. And uh, I'm interested to see just how good they actually are. Like I said, Nichols is also playing really well, and they just play great at home. I think their the senior class is like 18 and four uh, at home uh, over four years. So I mean, you kind of gotta like what you're seeing out of Nichols right now, and I think they they probably are the favorites to to hold on here, being at home, and then like I said, just playing well. My name is Tom Miller. I uh, cover University of North Dakota. Uh, football program uh, for the Grand Forks Herald. Been doing that for 15 years. Uh, North Dakota's got a couple question marks. Uh, m- probably the, the top playmaker offensively, Noel Wanzik, uh, was injured in the regular season finale against Southern Utah, and his status is very, very questionable uh, down in Louisiana. So that'll be he's supposedly a game time decision, and that's going to be a very interesting warm up to watch. Yeah, I think North Dakota uh, will beat Nickel State. I think. UND has struggled on the road, and that's, uh, you know, the perception that a lot of folks have of this team. Uh, their latest road game was probably their best. Uh, had a fourth-quarter lead at Weber State, um, a last-minute fumble on a kick return, uh, cost them a, a game against the then-number-three team in the country. So um, I like to match up with a Southland Conference team. N- one common opponent between UND and Nickel State, that's Sam Houston State, which beat Nickel State 17-0. In turn, UND beat Sam Houston State uh, with a third-string rookie quarterback playing playing for the first time in his career. So um, I think with that result in mind, uh, I'm picking North Dakota. All right, thanks to Mike and Tom. Appreciate that. Coulter, Nichols State hosting North Dakota. Bit of a surprise. I would have guessed that North Dakota would get the bid on this. They bid 75000 Three dollars and seventy-five cents. That was the official 
Fighting Hawk, University of North Dakota bid to get this game. They did not get it. Nichols got it. It is a pick'em game. Nichols, the Southland champion. Who do you like in this game against the spread, Coulter? I already know what you're going to do. It's really too bad that this game... What's the number? It's a pick'em. It's a pick'em. It's really too bad this game is that North Dakota didn't bid for this game. Because North Dakota is... And they did bid. Well, they didn't bid enough. Correct. I think the $75,003.75 is hilarious, but also... I thought well, it's a pretty obvious thing to do, right? You think the other team might come in at seventy-five even, and you throw and an you don't want to you don't want to lose seventy-five thousand and one dollars to seventy-five thousand, so you throw in the extra two seventy-five. Exactly, just get it up there. <laughs> it's, it's great. North Dakota six and zero at home. They've only won one road game, so I don't know what to think of them because analyzing them is is pretty cut and dry. Honestly, they, they also. For context, they lost to uh, the worst team of all time, Idaho State. Yeah. Idaho State. Fine. 55-20. I got North Dakota winning this football game, thereby I have North Dakota covering this. I know it's on the road. I know it's southeast Louisiana, or southern Louisiana, I think is where Nichols is. No, I guess it's, I mean, doesn't matter where. It's Alma. Yeah, it's, it's down there. Uh, and so... Uh, and, and, and Nichols is a good football team, but I think North Dakota has had a much harder road than has Nichols to get to where they are. And I think they, uh, you know, find a way to get it done down in the, uh, not so hot bayou in, uh, late November, early December, December, what is it? December 1st, right? That they're playing this game. So, uh, I'll take, I'll take North Dakota to cover thereby to win. November 30th and Nichols is in Thibodeau, Louisiana. Yeah, but it's right down at the bottom. It's like in the Delta Chase Forcade, who's Nichols' quarterback, he's really good. Watched him against Eastern Washington last year. Uh, Nichols had Eastern Washington on the ropes last year before Eastern pulled away in the second half at home. Um, I mean, Sonny Lachey, Nichols' defensive end, he's the, he was the player of the year in the Southland Conference. So they got some talent, and you know the, this game, to me, is going to come down to how does Nate Ketteringham operate? Can all the receivers in North Dakota get back healthy? And... How do they deal with Nichols' athleticism? Because I think Nichols is going to be significantly more athletic. I I got Nichols to win at home. It's going to be a good atmosphere. Right. I, I I want to pick UND strictly because I think it's good for the reputation of the Big Sky Conference, and I think that a North Dakota-North Dakota State game would have some, some juice behind it, even though NDSU won 38-7 to earlier this year in that game. But I just I don't think North Dakota's got enough firepower. Okay. Uh, very good. All right, we move on. Randy Reinhardt, who's been on the show before and covers Illinois State, is going to talk to us about Illinois State heading into their playoff matchup against Southeast Missouri State. Illinois State is minus two and a half. Well, Christ, quite frankly, the Redbirds don't look very very good at this point. Um, Brady Davis, uh, the uh, starting quarterback, was, was hurt in the uh, Missouri State game the, uh, a week before. Uh, the Redbirds struggled in the second half without him, and they struggled offensively just mightily in a 21-3 loss to Youngstown State. Um, young quarterbacks Bryce Jefferson and Jack Baltz took over. They combined to complete three of 16 passes and were intercepted three times in the loss to Youngstown. So the Redbirds are desperately searching for some offense right now. Uh, this game is down in uh, Cape Girardeau, Missouri, so Southeast Missouri is, is the host. Well, I would Certainly think it's going to be a, a low-scoring game. Uh, Illinois State has a really solid defense. 
And the Redbirds have also had, as I just mentioned, uh, a lot of trouble scoring lately. So I could see a game in the uh, 14 to 10, 17 to 10 range. But uh, unless the Redbirds can come up with something in this week of practice, it's it's really hard to see them coming up with it with enough points to win the game. So we'd have to go with uh, Southeast Missouri at this point. Okay, great. Thank you, Randy. Uh, Illinois State uh, and mine is a two-and-a-half-point favorite on the road at Southeast Missouri State. Uh, Southeast Missouri State, though, is also a good football team here, Coulter. The Redbirds have a, a couple of good wins, a couple of pretty tough losses as well on the season. Uh, where are you at with this football game? Well, their quarterback broke his ankle two weeks ago, so he's out. And I think that resulted in the bad 21 21- to three loss to Youngstown State. I mean, they barely beat Missouri State, who is not great cut and dry, the worst team in the Missouri Valley Conference. Yep. yep. But that was right after they had already beaten South Dakota State, which was probably their best win of the season for Illinois State. Simo has playoff experience. They have a veteran quarterback in Daniel Santa Cantaria, and they have won playoff games in recent years. So, um, to me, this is the the battle between the two most evenly matched teams in the first round. I have Southeast Missouri State to win in Cape Girardeau, one of the great names of all all the college towns in college football. Southeast Missouri State is a home dog going up against a team without a quarterback, or at least without a starting quarterback. So I am with you on SEMO. Uh, if you're going to give me two and a half points, I'll take it. Obviously, I would love it if uh, we could get that thing up to three, but... Even as such, I'll take SEMO. All right, next game, Albany minus 6.5 versus Central Connecticut State. Unfortunately, we couldn't get anybody to talk to us about either of these teams that covers them. <laughs> Does anybody cover them? Uh, I couldn't find anybody on the face of the earth that covers Central <laughs> I don't even think they have a student newspaper. You know, it's too bad because they're an eleven and one football team, and obviously are having you know the season of seasons there. Uh, I, I'm not going to sit here and pretend like I know thing one about Central Connecticut State, Coulter. I know I'll you got give, a couple I'll of things. You, I'll give you two tidbits. Okay, Aaron Winchester, what a great name for a quarterback. Absolutely, uh, he is the quarterback of Central Connecticut State. He was the offensive player of the year in the Northeast Conference. What a rifle that guy's got. Am I right, uh, Ryan? <laughs> Ryan McCarthy, the head coach, was the coach of the year. Well, you should be. Conference. 11 the other one. tidbit I'd give you is that league, if anybody's wondering what the Northeast Conference is, it includes Wagner, Sacred Heart, St. Francis, not um, good. Bryant. It's not that they're not good. It, it's, it's just it's, that they're not fully a bunch funded. Of, not funded. It's a bunch of schools that none of us in here could have gotten into. They're high academic private schools. The thing about these Northeastern schools is they're always going to have a couple guys, because like David said, they're high academic institutions. They'll have a couple guys who just chose it because of the school. And but really can play. I mean, remember Wagner's running back, yep. Ryan Fultz, yep. from two years ago? I mean, he, he's one of the best running backs in the whole country. So uh, they'll have a few, uh, some talent, but they're just, they're, it's just, they're a, that league is a mid-major league in the FCS. David, what's the line on this? Sorry. Albany is minus six and a half. Yeah, I got Albany. I like that number a lot to uh, win by a touchdown or more. I, li- I like you know Central Connecticut State. Good for them. Albany comes uh, from a much better league, is much more battle tested, and and just frankly has a 
a full slash real football program. I don't when I say real, full, a fully funded scholarship football team and program, and that's there. There's an investment there to get guys that this is what they're here to do. So I like Albany uh, at home as a six and a half point favorite to not win, cover that spread. Albany is new to the Colorado Athletic Association, new to the uh, FCS sort of landscape as far as being a perennial contender, but they've, they've done really well the last couple of years. Greg Gattuso was the coach of the year in the CAA this year. Jeff Undercuffler, another great quarterback name, the rookie of the year in the CAA. So the good, there'll be good quarterback play in this game. Both the quarterbacks won league-wide awards. Undercuffler feels like like a, uh, a choney accoutrement, you know, like an additional little piece that you would have on the briefs. To help you out somehow? A choney accoutrement. Yeah. The stuff that you come up with, it's just amazing. I got Albany to win this thing at home. Um, I, I just, Albany has the best win amongst these two teams. They beat Villanova earlier this year. I got Albany to win. All right. All right. The winner of that game actually travels to Bozeman to take on Montana State. Where in they the got round. no shot. They'll need a miracle. Um, <laughs> all right. They'll need a miracle or just a. Yeah, we'll leave it. Uh, all right, next. Or just a meltdown. Yeah. <laughs> you never know. You, you never, never know, know, man. I mean, Montana State, man, they could they could win the whole thing, and they could not win any of them. All right, next game, we have Austin P as a one-point underdog versus Furman. Unfortunately, couldn't get in contact with anybody who covers either of these schools. There are people that do cover them. I don't know if they get paid for it, but they are, they're out there. Uh, the winner of that game travels to Sacramento to take on Sacramento State. Austin P hosting this game. They are nine and three on the season. Furman eight and four. But Furman has had, uh, you know, again, I think they they play in a better conference and have been successful in the main and are play. You know, I mean, when you talk about Wofford, Citadel's not in the field, but they had a nice season. Uh, I got. I'm going to just generally take the more battle-tested team, even on the road, even as a what is a one-point dog that they are. I got Furman. They're a one-point favorite. Or what? Yeah, sorry, one-point favorite on the road, road favorite, but just one point. So I'll take Furman to win it and to uh, win by two. That uh, that safety in overtime, you know, where the ball goes 75 yards behind the guy when he snaps it and they win it by two. That's what I think happens here. <laughs> bold, bold prediction. Yeah. Uh I don't know your your assertion that the Southern is better than the Ohio Valley. I don't know. They're both sort of to me. They're like tied for the fifth or sixth best conference in the FCS. Austin P is kind of new to the scene. Furman's not. Furman's been in the playoffs double digit times, and they were as high as number nine in the country. I got Furman. All right. Next, we got Wofford hosting Kennesaw State. Kennesaw State is a six and a half point underdog. We have JB from the Marietta Daily Journal joining us. John Bednarowski, sports editor of the Marietta Daily Journal, Marietta, Georgia. We cover Kennesaw State. Well, uh, winners of four straight uh, since the uh, blip against Monmouth. Um, you know, their uh, Old Dominion's always been uh, held up as the startup uh, program to look toward, uh, you know, when you're starting an FCS program. In their first five years, they went 46 and 14. Kennesaw State, in their first five years, they're 47 and 14, going for win number 48. Uh, they lead the uh, uh, lead FCS in rushing, um, and they're going to go play Wofford this week. And it 
this game could be over in about an hour and a half because it's it's the two teams running the triple option. It's the number one rank, uh, ranked rushing team in the country against number two, and uh, it's going to be a fun game. This is a rematch of last year's second round when KSU beat uh, Wofford 13-10 here in, uh, in Kennesaw. Well, from what I've seen out of Brian Bohannon's uh, uh, squad over the first five years, it's, if they get beat, it's just because my, uh, uh, Wofford's the better team this year. Uh, senior-laden squad, KSU's got a lot of young players. So, you know, and, you know for the uh, paper standpoint, I'm hoping KSU wins, but my head says this one might be a little bit tougher. Um, you know, it wouldn't surprise me if KSU wins, but I, I, I think uh, Wofford will probably cover. C-O-B-B-F-B-A-L-L-F-R-I. We, we do all of our stuff under the uh, header of Cobb Football Friday. Uh, round here for our uh, high school and college football coverage. All right, great, John. You heard it. You said two hours, Coulter, last week that this game might last. He said 90 minutes. This game could be over in an hour and a half with the two triple option running teams. But uh, listen, if the guy who covers the team picks against that team, that is a huge indicator for me. He likes Kennesaw State, but they're a young team, like you said. Wofford's pretty good. He takes Wofford minus the six and a half, thinks they're going to win the game and even cover that six and a half point spread. Coulter, I know you've been down on Kennesaw State actually all year because they sort of came in with a high ranking earlier this season but haven't played really anybody, and then they've lost a couple of games. They're still 10-2 really good, but certainly not the type of team that they've been before. I am taking Wofford as well. I mean, I said Kennesaw's overrated all year. Got to stick with what I've been saying all year. Got Wofford as well. All right, the winner of that game takes on Weber State in the second round. We move on. We have DeMichael Cole from the Philadelphia Inquirer who covers Villanova. Southeastern Louisiana is hosting Villanova. Villanova is a one-point favorite. The winner of that game is going to travel here to us to hang out and play Montana. Well, uh, I I talked to Coach Mark Ferrante earlier this week on Monday, and and he told me, he said, DeMichael, this is – I feel like we're getting back to where we were. And what he meant by that is, you know, Villanova started off the season 6-0. and They they were playing as good as probably anybody in SCS. And, I mean, they were rolling. They had Justin Covington, who was the top back, you know, rushing-wise in the SCS, ran for over 100 yards in every game that he played. And they were top five in the rankings before they, you know, hit the three-game losing streak, lost Covington to a torn ACL. But now, you know, they've worked those freshman running backs in, and they just had their best offensive performance of the season. Daniel Smith had quarterback thrown for 3,000 yards, and he just threw six touchdowns last week against Delaware. So right now it seems like, you know, they're peaking at the right time. They're playing their best football just at the right time. So they hit that three-game losing streak, and they've won their last three. So they, they seem like they're getting back into the group. I think this is going to be one of those, those old-fashioned shootouts where it's, who has the ball last or either which team can make that one big defensive stop. And the crazy part about that is is neither one of these teams have bad defenses, so to say. Both of them have top five defenses in their conference. I know um, Southeastern Louisiana is second, and I believe Villanova is fifth. But their offenses are so good. And, you know, Villanova's over 36 points a game, so is Southeastern Louisiana, and Villanova just scored 55 
on last week. But with that being said, I, I'm, I'm going to go with Villanova. Villanova, because, uh, like I said, they just had their best offensive game of the season. Meanwhile, you know, Southeast and Louisiana, they played a tough Nickel State team, but they're coming off of a loss, and it wasn't, you know, their offense kind of had more struggles in that game than they have in the in, in past weeks. So while it looks like Villanova is trending upwards, I think Nichols is trending in a different direction. And, you know, Villanova also will get a couple key defenders back. And all it takes is, you know, one turnover in these type of games. I think it'll be really high scoring. I'm, I'm thinking probably the first team to 40 points is probably going to be the one to win this one. My Twitter is DeMichael C. So it's my name, D-A-M-I-C-H-A-E-L, and it's just the first letter of my last name. So DeMichael C. All right, thanks very much, DeMichael. Appreciate that. Coulter Villanova uh, was ranked in the top 10, even higher than that. I mean, they're in the top five at one point this season. They go on the road, though. They do not get the bid. They head down to southeastern Louisiana. Uh, Again, uh, an an interesting matchup to me. Villanova, though, still a one-point favorite. I like it. Give me the Wildcats, man. Great lacrosse, great basketball, pretty good football. I like Villanova winning this game and being in Missoula, Montana on December the 7th. Villanova had such a strange season because they won six in a row and they were 6-0, and the only 6-0 and team in the FCS with the exception of North Dakota State. And then they lost by two touchdowns to James Madison. They lost by a single point in heartbreaking fashion to Stony Brook. And then they lost to New Hampshire. So three-game losing streak, mm-hmm. fall to 6-3. and three. And they won three in a row on their way out. It's just hard to judge. You know, I always talk about how sometimes a win is you gotta judge when the win happened. When they beat Towson, that was a good win. Towson faded down the stretch and ended the season with a six and six record, I think. Doesn't mean that it wasn't a top twenty five win. That was I mean, they were in the top twenty most of the year. They just happened to fade late. Villanova's got a great quarterback, and I think that that is one of, if not the keys in the playoffs. So I got uh, I got Villanova, and it'll be pretty interesting because Villanova coming back here, I would say that the the loss that haunts Bobby Houck more than any other loss is the loss in the 2009 National Championship game to Villanova. Mm. So obviously there's no players that are involved. Sure. And Andy Talley, longtime Villanova coach, retired last year, so there's not even any coaching rematch either. But it would just be interesting to have the Wildcats Back in Missoula with Bobby Houck back at the back at the four back at the head of Montana football. All right, all right. Next game: Northern Iowa hosts San Diego. Northern Iowa is a twelve-point favorite. We have Jim Nelson from the Waterloo Courier. He's been on the show before. He's going to talk to us about Northern Iowa. Hi, uh, Jim Nelson with the Waterloo Cedar Falls Courier. I cover the University of uh, Northern Iowa football team. I, I think they're looking good. They uh, they closed the year. They had a rough uh, game up in South Dakota State. They uh, they rebounded really well. Uh, put it to West Illinois with an emphatic finish at home. To finish six zero at home. Uh, they're getting healthy. There's going to be some offensive players that are going to be back this week. More offensive players if they can get past San Diego. So uh, they're getting healthy uh, uh, on the offensive side of the ball, which will be a huge bonus for them. Um, as they've been really banged up on that side of the ball for probably the last month of the season. You know, I, I think it's a real dangerous game for the Panthers, but I think they're going to be prepared. They're really good at home, 19-5 and all-time uh, first or second-round games inside the Dome. Uh, really good inside the Dome. Our 11-1 in first or second-round games, 19-5 and all-time inside the Dome. So I like them inside the Dome. I think the San Diego team is a very, very good team, uh, really offensive. 
But I think the Panthers are going to cover the spread. I am going to go uh, 34-20 Northern Iowa. All right, great. Thanks, Jim. Uh, as you know, like uh, up and down, they get blown out by uh, South Dakota State. Then they win going away at the end of the season. I San Diego is you know a good football team, but again, not from a good conference. They're 9-2 and two on the season. I don't know how much that means. Northern Iowa, proven Missouri Valley football team, 8-4. and four. The 12.5 points is, is a little bit steep. Uh, if you're talking about against the spread, that's a – a little bigger number than I would have liked to have seen on there. I'm still going to roll with the Panthers, though. I think you and I at home in a playoff situation. Uh, they have you know veteran coaching, good football team, been there before, great program. And South Dakota, uh, excuse me, San Diego, continuing to build, uh, and they've done some of this before as well, but not to the level, of course, that Northern Iowa has. I'll take uh, I'll take David Johnson's alma mater to win by 13 or more. I'm going to pick the Toreros to cover. Okay. The Toreros are actually sneaky, one of the most consistent programs in the country. They I mean, have, they almost got UC Davis. They should maybe think they still did get UC Davis on a last-second touchdown. they beat Big Sky teams in the playoffs two times. They've made the playoffs four years in a row. They haven't lost a conference game in, in years. I mean, they have not lost a conference game in years. They have a 35-plus game conference winning streak, and there's no real – Substitute for momentum in my mind. I mean, this is a team that's eight and zero in the league. They're nine and two overall, and like you said, their two losses: Cal Poly and UC Davis. And so, the Big Sky schools. I mean, they were competitive with those schools. I think Northern Iowa will win this game. Northern Iowa has played low-scoring games all year long. Even, I mean, Northern Iowa beat Idaho State thirteen to six. Enough said, right? Yep. <laughs> so I just think that San Diego Dale Lindsay's a tremendous coach. He has one of the most fascinating resumes in all of the FCS. He was linebackers coach for the New York Giants when Lawrence Taylor played. Uh, I, I say I'm picking San Diego to cover, even though I think Northern Iowa will win the game. Well, he's obviously responsible for why Lawrence Taylor is great. Well, he was his coach. Uh, I don't know how you can say he's not. <laughs> I don't know. Winner of Northern Iowa, San Diego will travel to South Dakota State. At the Brookings, yes. Then, so the final game at the bottom of this bracket, winner takes on James Madison. Monmouth minus seven versus Holy Cross. We have Steve Edelson from the Asbury Park Press. These Asbury's taste like Asbury's. Bruce Springsteen. Steve, there you go. Steve Edelson from the Asbury Park Press, New Jersey, and I cover uh, Monmouth football. Well, Monmouth has a lot going for it right now. Uh, You know, they've won eight straight games. You know, they, they beat an Albany team that's hosting a game this week. They were up 45-7 at Kennesaw State in the middle of the third quarter about three weeks ago. So they're playing very well right now. Um, it's 696 yards of offense. Uh, their last seven games, they've scored over 45.6 times. They have a 27.9 uh, point margin in those games. So they're playing well, and their defense, which really had been a weakness for them, has turned into a strength recently. So there's just a lot of uh, positives, I think, uh, surrounding Monmouth right now. But I think it'll be a tough game. Now, Monmouth is, uh, has won nine straight against Patriot League teams, uh, Holy Cross, the Patriot League champion. Um, Monmouth you know, has been scoring a lot of points. I think it will be very hard for Holy Cross to keep up. Uh, so if I'm going to make a prediction, I think Monmouth w- would cover this game, and my prediction is going to be uh, Monmouth will win uh, 45-24, something like that. My Twitter is at Steve Edelson, A-P-P, so it's S-T-E-V-E-E-D-E-L-S-O-N. 
APP. Thanks, Steve. Uh, appreciate that. Tell them the line again, David. Monmouth is minus seven. Monmouth, a seven-point favorite at home over Holy Cross. They got blown out by the Montana Grizzlies earlier this year. That's one of their two losses. Was it really a blowout? It's a one-score game in the fourth quarter. They lost by 20, but it was not a blowout. It was a blowout. It was not a blowout. It was a one-score game in the fourth quarter. What was it, what was it at game. the end of the game? 47-27. Was it a blowout, David? You were there? It was uh, pretty competitive throughout. I like Monmouth to win by eight or more and uh, win and cover the spread and go lose at James Madison in the second week of the playoffs. I was hoping that Monmouth would get like the Southeast Missouri draw because I think Monmouth could beat some teams. Like I think Monmouth would beat a team like Central Arkansas and Monmouth against North Dakota State. I mean, they would get killed, but like it would at least be a better situation than some of the situations we're marching towards. I mean, NSU kills everybody, so that's irrelevant. I just think that Kenji Bahar is a really great quarterback, and I think that Pete Guerrero, I mean, he looked so pedestrian in Missoula. He only averaged like 1.5 yards per carry. He's, He's leading the nation, isn't he? Leading the nation. He's got multiple 250-yard yeah. games. Yeah, He's... Uh, but he is as advertised, one of the best running backs in the country. No Montana just looked lights out against him. I just think I think Mama's going to win this game. I'm only analyzing this from the, who they get next is James Madison. I just think that's such a bad draw. Are they going to cover by? They're going to cover by seven. I okay. Think, I, I, Holy Cross is a private school. I mean, Mama's going to win by three touchdowns. We'll get to Monmouth James Madison should it eventuate next week on the pod. Boys and girls, what a pleasant experience this has been. We hope you are having or have had a wonderful Thanksgiving. Our best to all of you. Thanks for listening to FCS Speculators, a betting podcast. As always, at Gus Tutel on Twitter for me, at Skyline Sports MT for Coulter, and at 1029 ESPN for uh, the show and all the things we do, both on Twitter and Instagram. Appreciate you listening to us. Enjoy playoff football. Catch you next week. Get commencement ready at the Montana State Bookstore, your best place for blue and gold on game day or any other day. Their grad fair sale is going on right now if you visit msubookstore.org. Free regalia. When you purchase a diploma frame at the MSU Bookstore, you can obviously visit the MSU Bookstore on the Montana State campus. The Montana State Bookstore, your best place for blue and gold on game day or any other day. Visit on campus or at msubookstore.org.